Nick, you sent me a juicy text and it said, we got another listener suggestion, it's, cycle on over immediately. It's true, yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, the only times we it even thinks... It even occurs to us to even thinks to us to record the podcast is uh, when one of us just happens to mention it to the other in a text and then we immediately drop whatever we're doing and then record it. Well, of course, we only text if it's daytime and we can't have the rank ideas light beacon. I don't have enough light in my house to text after dark. So, um, <laughs> but yes, uh, short answer is we uh, have a listener request for the first time in a while. Um, is it for the first time in a while or is it the first worthy one in a while? No, it's the first one in a while. Um, Where does light go when it's dark? <laughs> We're not ranking questions today, as okay. as, as great a great an idea that is, because um, listener uh, Lavana has uh, challenged us to rank ownership, which I, uh, full disclosure, I definitely had on the list of ideas and was thinking to do. Yeah, I had in my head property at some stage. Yeah, is that, right? is that kind of the same thing? I think I think that's the thing that we'll uh, find out in the course of discuss and advising it. But um yeah, ownership is the ownership I think is a fun clear handle word. Let the discussionification begin on the other side of the song. What's with Welcome everybody, one and all, to the Rank Ideas podcast, the greatest podcast in the world that ranks all the ideas from the human canon in an ever-expanding list from best to worst. Of course, for it to be the best podcast, it has to be co-hosted by Nick Deladovic and myself, Chris Andry. We don't decide these things, we just communicate them to you, the listener, mm. because without listeners, I mean, there can definitely still be a podcast. I think that's been proven at this yeah, that, point in yeah, history. That's the gag, right? Yeah, that's the joke, right? Um, which is, but yeah, but um, inadvertently, at, at least, we've ended up with some listeners, so it's lovely to have you here with us. Um, so we are going to rank the idea of ownership today and put it on a master list against all the other ideas that we've ranked, which is at about 70-something at this point. Um, exposition. Who knows where that'll rank? But um, ownership. Uh, so, would you like me to define it, Chris? Would you like? How to did you know? <laughs> was it the the sheer panic in my eyes just, just when the, you looked at me a moment ago? Just the fact that you gripped the mic so hard that it's now two smaller mics. Um, <laughs> I uh, so uh, ownership. The idea that uh, a person or persons can lay exclusive claim over something um, and uh, the common things that people lay that claim over and like claim of exclusive access to or at least control of access to, um, control of um, the autonomy of. and Just a subclause of the ownership, you know. Yep. And so, you know, to own like things that can be owned um, once you have the idea can be uh, property items, um, uh you know, abstractions like intellectual property um, at particularly at, in particularly spicy corners of the world, um, other people. Um, that I'm going to go on a limb and say I'm not as into that uh, version of ownership. Um, You're so edgy. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's my curse. But um, yes, uh, what else? Is, am I missing any of the other broad categories of what people use ownership for? What people express ownership of? Uh, you, like ideas. Yeah, yeah, gr- yeah. I mean. It's definitely, it, it feels it's like- the same principle though. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And that part almost overlaps with ideas of like credit or um, authorship. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and as you, as you say, like the idea of property for me is contained within ownership rather than being a synonym for it, but is a big overlap and feels like maybe one of the earliest um, exp- likely expressions of the idea of ownership or what it was used for. I mean, do you think? Like it feels like probably- this is my stuff and there's utility to me saying that this is my stuff and not your stuff. I feel like these are my people would have emerged at exactly like roughly the same time, unfortunately. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a cross mapping idea with a bunch of other ideas that have to, that are about um, in group, out group stuff, I guess. Um, And uh, yeah, the, um, obviously worth observing that it's a really, um, centralized idea in our current society not that that's what we're evaluating 
No. Per se, we're we're talking about the. There new, are plenty of examples, though. Yes, but we are talking. That's what we've. Those those are the examples we've got to to use to evaluate it. But what we are deciding is how it ranks in terms of ideas that we will be using, um, that we will be putting in the idea seed bank uh, for whatever glorious future society um, will uh, be using the slang terms. Uh, Nicoids and Chriswas to talk about uh, the seeding of ideas. How many Nicoids is it to the Chriswa? It's <laughs> six point one. Mm. Um, so that's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, you have to say it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> so uh, immediate thoughts, Chris. Um, I guess the main thing we're going to end up talking about is what are the corollaries of having something like property exist or not exist at all. Ownership. Uh, Sorry, ownership. Thank you. Sorry. Having it exist at all. Um, Because it's it's a trade-off, right? There's there's immediately a swathe of of, um, problems that come with having ownership in our society, like, you know, inequitable access to things or um, uh, ownership of things that that could better serve the collective as um, univ- if there was universal access to them. Mm. Um, but at the same time, there's, uh, and, and that's sort of like a, that's, that's something that pe- a lot of people now strive towards in different realms because we have a, a pretty significantly owned, um, space in our, in our contemporary society. Like it's, it's, it's very common for everyone to own all the things that they use or, um, intersect with, or to, to know who, what the ownership trail of different things is. Mm. Um, I feel like even public space is like it's like collectively owned, and even then, the right to use it will be separately owned, or there'll be meet, it'll be meted out by some other authority or whatever. Yeah, public um, public space doesn't mean um, infinitely open space. No, yeah, and um, except in Sweden, where you can camp anywhere. Did you know that? Can I camp in the prime minister's desk? You can. Cool. <laughs> You're a wrestling champ. Do you know nothing about? <laughs> they what respect that. The it is a big year? sport in Sweden. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're very good at it. That was a lucky guess from me. Held it. Thanks. Um, so it's it's easy to see the allure uh, because of the failings of ownership um, in our current, I guess, zeitgeist or whatever. But I Stand think, up but I think um, that just makes it a bit harder for it to be as obvious to see what all the benefits of having ownership are. So, I mean, maybe looking, zeroing in on what the likely origins of of it would be i mean to me it seems to cross map with one uh like if was if it, it might be helpful to look at okay what are the outright realities as best as we can quantify them that it that it right that this idea arises in the context of um uh the obvious one is scarcity you know mm-hmm. like scarcity of resources uh finite resources no um, one needs to currently own the air for example because that's there's enough for everyone. whereas you can imagine if there was more of a sense of scarcity of air then that idea instantly pre- presents itself the idea of um yeah uh so you've got the you've you've got the reality of uh finite resources and then you've got the I, the related sudden ideas of protection and advantage for um specific populations or individuals where it's like you know and um, obviously a huge, uh, cross mapping with abstractions, like ideas like fairness, which is one of our lowest rank ideas at the moment. That's yeah. my origin. That's my first hunch is that, and it, this, it reminds me of like the idea of, um, you know, the concept creep of ownership to include things like intellectual property and ideas. Um, there, there's versions of that that seem heavily tied into the idea of, um, of fairness in terms of, oh, someone's, someone's done, uh, you know, so one person uh, had this uh, had the moment of inspiration, or um, it was somehow special in their efforts of ideation, and then other people have taken the credit through through to some hacking of the legal ownership systems. And you know, that's a con- common narrative that people think of as unjust or, or unfair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not even just in the ideals I- ideas realm. Like also, you know, if I patents. spent all week, no, but if I spent all week you know, whittling this spear that, uh, and, you know, I don't know, fixing stone to the end of it. I obviously know a lot about how primitive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. primitive hunting tools are made. Are you describing slap bands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if, if I spent a week making this and like, no, oh, I want this just for myself, for my use. That's why I'm, mm. I made it. And somebody else takes it. That also, that like straight away taps into the, oh, that's not fair. But I think there are other, um, Sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of the conversation. No, no, no. It's nice. It also thinks uh, it it 
highlights all the funny little delicate scripts and dances that you have in uh, local societies or local communities. Like I think about the idea of, um, you know, where it would be feel more or less socially taboo for me to stick up. Like say if I, um, you know, uh, I think about this as someone who's who doesn't drink alcohol. So like often I'm rocking up to the um, to like a potluck dinner or whatever, and I've brought brought myself some soft drink or whatnot. And you know, soft drink is the classic thing where no one that people don't think about it until it's in their eye line and then be like, Oh, I could really go for some of that. And so, you know, um, and the, you know, so in terms of any sort of code of decency, decency, like the idea of me being like, uh, no, this is my, um, you know, this, this is, this is my blood. 78 cents Lido. This is my physique. Exactly. Um, and you can't have any cause you've got plenty of alcohol to drink, um, would be, I wouldn't do it. Like, again, the stakes aren't that high for me, but also like. It's the first thing you've brought up from your own life. Though. That's it's true <laughs> in the whole of the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, that idea of, um, uh, you know, it's like there is, I like this. It, the whole thing is, uh, a little bit more complicated in terms of how it tends to play out in society because you have narratives of um, generosity. Oh, it, rem- it reminds me of, I mean, we did a whole episode on taxation, mm-hmm. on taxes, and we mentioned there the people that one of the one of the ways that people have a huge problem with taxation is the idea of being compelled to give up part of their income um, on, this, on the idea that they would rather be in a position to voluntarily give up a part of their income through largesse um, and generosity rather than being forced to. And, and, you know, their, their argument is that people would, if they, if they, if you just left them to their own devices, um, who's to say, but um, probably they wouldn't. Some people would. Some but, people really uh, would. Which, some is, people would. which is the, another unfair feeling That's thing, right? Exactly right. Whereas, you know, taxation just kind of the, I think the thing I'm relatively warm to about taxation, which, you know, is one of our sort of middle ranking ideas at the moment, but upper middle is the idea of, um, uh, yeah, like just cutting through the narratives of fairness by just saying it's like we will just have a mechanic that creates not fairness but balance, you know, mm-hmm. like in the, in the system. Um, and obviously I think balance is a way – we haven't ranked balance yet, but to me that's, no. a, that's a potentially strong idea. Where it's, it's not even come up yet. I just think it's one of those ideas that like proves that you don't need fairness but the um, or works more reliably um, is more of an engineering idea rather than a kind of character-based abstraction. But the um, thinking about ideas that are in our middle, in the middle-ish of the list, but a bit lower middle, um, that I think relate to ownership. I think of borders, which was one of our longest and slight and spiciest episodes in terms of. I think that was longer because we there was a lot of we we did a lot of back and forth around the pros and cons. Yeah, immediately relates. Like if you don't have ownership, what, what does a border mean? Yeah, it's a sense of. It's, yeah, it seems to relate to the same idea of like the origin story of ownership being one about, okay, we have to protect resources and we have to protect ourselves from um, inv- other humans who are in, who are literally going to invade and take resources, who have a, if not a malevolent, at least a kind of colonizing or self-interest, like they're so, a self-interested agenda that's going to be in conflict with ours and are going to attempt to supersede ours. Um, so I guess that... It's interesting, right? I've been thinking about whether we, because there there are ideas, ideas of a post-scarcity world exist. Um, I feel like that's a thing that, that'll be a separate episode, but I think I want to bring it up now because I wonder about, it makes me wonder about, we we exist in a world where scarcity is a reality. Um, if And a lot of how, if it continues to be a reality, then a lot of ideas that are just trying to practically deal and reflect, deal with and reflect that, um, have the potential to be ranked higher. But if we, depending on how much stock we could, we put in the idea of elevating the possibility of moving beyond scarcity, um, you know, that's, that, that would potentially have an effect on that. But, you know, I don't think that, I don't think that stops us. I don't think that muddies our ranking today, but I think it'll be interesting to, um, rank some, like to think about what version of that idea we could rank kind of soon. I feel like um, it, that's an interesting one to bring up because, I mean, the first, the, the closest to post-scarcity that I can imagine us hitting would be, you know, if we are in, you know, we create that virtual reality and all move into it um, and it's, you know, experientially superior or equivalent to our current existence and there's no sort of non-equivalent cost of um, generating you know, new, whatever desired resources for everybody. I still feel like that kind of is what already exists on the internet and there is still ownership that people like to have over things. 
I I think about that. It's a great thing to bring up. A there is a there is a whole other concept of post scarcity, which is literally just like creating processes, which yeah. means you can produce as much yeah. of any infinitely produce things. But it's kind of it leads to the same idea, which is that I think this that, that's what I was about to bring up is that if you deal with things just in relative terms, we have post scarcity models because we yeah. can we have environments in the world that uh, are where the scarcity rate is so much lower than you know, what used to be the base level of all human environments mm. um, as to make no, as for there to be no functional difference between scarcity and post-scarcity. Um, the internet's a good example. And I think um, one thing you've seen with the internet um, that uh, has busted through the utopian vision, because you can't just, because the hum- because an individual human can't assess it all at once. Like you can't matrix download, even if you could matrix download um, the all of the internet into your brain, you still would then, you don't have the mechanic to cross-reference and assess all of it, to behold it all at one time. Mm-hmm. So what you still need is an, an order of operations to 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 read and assess uh, what's on there. And that's where, um, if not ownership, then at least like basically, yeah. And I mean, maybe this is for me as like an arts and culture nerd, but like the role of, of curators like a curatorial presence um in the assessing of information and culture and cultural product um persists you know people want a portal to um to come to things through and usually what they want is a is a portal that's been curated by another human who's who's got a sort of who's who's can present uh part of their selfhood as as the curatorial experience like we're you we're, we're conditioned to that we respond to that it makes you know it makes sense uh, but surely the like the algorithmically determined curations have proven to be the most powerful for attention retention <laughs> um attention for, thieving for the clicking for sure but mm. um yeah i think that there's um but all of them are there's the idea that they're not all completely bound up with um human actors yeah, yeah sure yeah like the, the all the algorithms pointing you to is like what the algorithm if if you you know if and those you, humans are just you know it's just it's just not an individual sitting in an office it's your peers or whatever yeah. or your cohort that's it mm. and um yeah and you know it's like people people are being people are being herded by algorithms but they're being herded towards in towards like becoming the audience for certain other humans mm. which just shows and you know which shows that the separation between human and the algorithm is a little out of as in yeah when people talk about the algorithm as Cold as, hand. as yeah as 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 akin to an AI, it's like, it's not really what we think of in a movie terms as an AI. Like it's not a sentient presence as in the sentience involved in it is still human sentience. Sure. Sure. I, I just, how does, how's this, um, this space relate to how we're measuring ownership? I've digressed somewhat, but okay. the, um, but yeah, I think in terms of, um, just tying back to what you were saying about, um, yeah, people's, people needing to organize the resources of the world in some way. Um, and uh, I don't think you need ownership as an organizing principle, but once you, what ownership is bringing into it is the idea of um, in-group, out-group and protectionism, you know, is the idea of like ownership is about protection. I feel like first and foremost, like, is there a thing it's about more than that? Like other than, or just, you know, is it, I mean, is it just about clarity? You know, the idea of being like, oh, it's handy to know that this belongs to, Margaret and this belongs to Xenoforth. I think there's a it gives a stability upon which a certain set of rules can be um created without which you couldn't. Like someone stole all my musical gear recently. Mm-hmm. I just just sad about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess I guess the question is how much of the sadness like, is it, you know, would, would that specific type of sadness, is it, is that an unavoidable, are those, are those costs invariable in the idea of, um, there being a world of finite resources and the attempt and ownership is an attempt to ameliorate, attempt to make sure that that happens as little as possible. Or is there a sense, in, is, is there a version where if you took ownership out of the equation, then the, the, fe- the negative feelings you felt about your property being taken away from you wouldn't necessarily have to exist. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, you can imagine scenarios in which you know there's just communal property of of that nature that doesn't and and it's it doesn't really matter who's got it. Even if there is a scarcity model, it's just different metrics by which you're caring about what 
you know, what's happening, but just more that more, I was thinking that, um, if everybody's, if, if all the things that are out in the world everywhere at the moment were just sort of all malleable in their, um, you know, their usage and, um, exchange who had access to them yeah it would it would change you would have to change a lot of the systems that we have around that in this current society but yeah so yeah Um, no but sorry what what i'm trying to say is that so the the systems a lot of the systems that we have in this current society are totally um contingent upon the the idea of ownership like you you couldn't they couldn't exist without it Mm. i think um i'm pretty relaxed about um in terms of the thought experiment of you know just uh communal ownership of things, which obviously there are, are, you know, tons of test casing of that. Mm. I mean, all most ownership is actually communal on some scale. Like there's relatively few things that are owned by a single individual. There are, there's a bunch, but there's more things that are in the world that are owned by more than by two or more. Um, the, or, or where access is brokered to two or more is probably a better way to put it. Um, and so I think there's, there's, lots of different scales where you can um, examine that. And I'm pretty satisfied that even if you took out ideas of fairness um, or ownership, there are plenty of situations where um, things are going to happen to uh, property or items in the world through the mis- through their mistreatment or thoughtless lack of care from some people that are going to have, that are going to lead, are going to require an emotional response of other people. Like I've been mm-hmm. in enough, like, yeah, I've been in enough kind of like more sort of hippified, situations and communal like of communal situations to see that like fundamentally one person someone's going to just break something you know like um not take it not take care of something that would that would have more precious value to another person so um the idea yeah so i think the edges of the thought experiment don't allow for the idea of like just complete communal ownership of things leading to um everything being chill all the time communal ownership is also still ownership yeah Totally. You'd still, well, and that's a great point. Like as soon as you set, as you say, to an extent, as soon as you say that you have access to this and we have access to that, like if you said that all of humanity had access to everything, you're still unconsciously, even in defining something, you're setting a boundary because it means there's some theoretical other, you, you know. I love the idea that there's no more human ownership over everything and ants are just going nuts in our supermarkets. <laughs> and they're just eating everything. <laughs> no ants. That's it. Like, like cartoon Carrying yeah. away the whole supermarket like a picnic style. And you know what I, you can picture it. The ant song. Um, ants, ants, we are the ants. Um, the, except with their mouths full. <laughs> but um, they're, getting, my they're food. getting fed on our effort. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is the, the, uh, the other part of this is like one of the benefits of having ownership um, is that you also have a responsibility to the stuff. Mm that you have, whether it's in brokering it responsibly or like, you know, metering its access or maintaining it or um, caring about it at all in the first place. I think it's, I think in that, that's suggesting that it's the sort of idea that can be elevated by other ideas. I don't think there's anything inherent in the idea of ownership itself that leads to that. And, you know, maybe I'm, maybe that's easy for me to see because I'm the classic person who doesn't take care of things that I own. Like I have, I have friends, I have other friends who have a strong value of, taking good care of the items that they own in the world, feel like a responsibility towards it, feel shame around not doing it. Um, and yeah, to me, that's clearly about other values and ideas they have in their head that, that, that have been conditioned into their ownership because I don't have any of that. And it means that um, people look at the state of my um, items in the world and uh, are frankly baffled a lot of the time. But um, Which suggests that... Um that in a world without ownership, those same other values may lead to um, like that kind of care and responsibility. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder too. Because, yeah, I feel like – because obviously going back to borders, which seems to really closely relate – because borders, you know, borders, I feel the thing that protected it as, as high on the list as it um, currently is, which, um, again, is kind of lower middle, um, was the idea that it's a, that there's an aspect of it that's a response to um, things that are functions of – of the real world that we find ourselves in, which is, you know, just the idea of um, uh, different human populations starting from different origin points in ways that might create competing agendas. Um, the, yeah, this, so I think ownership, if we're looking at it as an idea of, okay, it's a way to um, manage the reality of 
you know, there being a difference in the world between individ- individuals and items, like there being a, and there being a bunch of re- there being a bunch of resources and a bunch of people who are trying to enact agendas with them, and those agendas sometimes being in competition or not, you know, like just not being practically squared away at the scale of seven billion, ten billion people. Um, then yeah, like if ownership is an attempt to have a mechanic to manage that, like you say, like are there, is it the sort of thing that can just be made up in the aggregate by a bunch of other mechanics and bet and be done better? When mm-hmm. as we see, like the idea of ownership, you a hundred percent of the time leads to um, power imbalances and resource imbalances. Yeah, that's the very nature. Yes, yes, that seems pretty baked in, and I mean. Borders had it has equal horrors baked into it, but that wasn't enough for it to end up in the in the bottom ten. For although, instance. like, although actually, that said, uh, um, there's no reason that if you had like universal buy into the idea of everybody having um, equal ownership over capacity, like you know, even like what's what's the socialist um, thing from from those who. I, I, I don't even know what it is. So, <laughs> oh, you mean like so, um, to, to, to each according to their need, from each according to their capacity, to each according to their need, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yes, and um, like that's still that's still ownership, you know, and that's yeah, it's yeah. just that's just a way. Yeah, that that phrase is just a way to sort out how the ownership yeah is organized, right? That, that's a statedly a, like the, a, a t- attempting for a kind of equitable. Yeah, like social, like a socialist might want to weasel out of that by saying using synonyms like relative sins like stewardship or care or over or responsibility for, but really you're talking about you're giving you're giving the resources to someone to manage. Yeah. I mean, is management and response is ideas of management and responsibility and care are they are they enough? Like Well there's there's more to it and, and I think this is the ugly side of it that we haven't really gotten to yet. But there's there's an inducement to to ownership. Mm. Like that um and I don't know if that's just a cultural lens that that makes that, or if it has an inherent appeal. But I think, like, if you look, if you cast a, across all human societies thus far that I can think of, there there is for many people an appeal to um, having the status of ownership, having yeah. the yeah, like yeah, and and not even not even to be honest, owner. not even the status, like necessarily, like the status, just is, having it. So it's definitely a part of it, but yeah, yeah, just um, this is mine. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I think or the, or this is ours. Yeah, you know, equal, yeah, totally, equally is, and more compelling in some instances, big time. Yeah, and I mean that makes so that this belongs really, to all of us. This belongs to us, and I mean, obviously, very. If you look at it from the perspective of, uh, say, a marginalized or a victimized or an or an oppressed group, then you know you get an instantly more sympathetic version of that moment of a group of people. But they're similar. Like, they're similar narratives. If you look at what most of the many of the marginalized um, uh, advocacies are, they're, they're around. Um, it's just a different distribution of ownerships often. Yeah, yeah totally. And when, in a way which often gives me a bit of pause, like the idea of it feels like, yeah, a real kind of fighting fire with fire yeah. idea of people being like, oh, we we are um, um, uh, worried about the, um, uh, yeah, we're, we've, we're responding with- um, The same language and the yeah, same we're, tools. Yeah, we're, we're responding in an activist way against uh, by, from being shut out of ownership by fighting for ownership. Yeah. yeah, I think then maybe the next step for us in this conversation, because I don't feel like we're there yet, um, is to- no, this would be a nice long one. Yeah, is to explore um, the ownership-free models. Like, yeah. like okay, if we're, if we're to say that there, there are these downsides of ownership, which I think are pretty implicit from the conversation we've had, mm. um, well, then without it, well, like, how, how can that- Yeah, so you'd be- and and I think that's really good because then we can test about whether our models end up just falling into being ownership by any other name. Yeah. In which case we're showing that- Which is a real risk. Which is a real risk or, or just something that suggests that, that we're dealing with an idea that's more inherent to systems. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the- so I guess. Sorry, I don't mean risk as in it's a bad outcome. I mean yeah. risk as in it, to overlook to, totally. to overlook it. Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, because I mean, the first um, notion is yeah, just the idea of okay, you've got um, no matter what, you've got resources and a population that need to manage those resources. Even if you suddenly have infinite resources, maybe even more so, then you have to you've got a huge management challenge. Again, using the internet example. Um, and to be honest, I think like if you have infinite resources separate to the internet example, say if, you know, everyone had a, um, you know, matter generator and you could just have whatever you wanted, like um, mm-hmm. all the time, that that still comes with 
problems. Like you, 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 then, you, you can then make as many t- nuclear weapons as you want. It, but even but even if you even if you just make as many hamburgers as you want, you yeah. need to you need Which to have is ownership. What I would do, you're right. You have to take ownership for all the the waste that comes from that. Or sure, like you yeah. know that there's 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 still um, less for me because I would eat all of the hamburgers. But yes, yeah. yeah. The um, then you got to take ownership of all the poo you generate. <laughs> I'm sick of owning that. Okay. Co-owning it with you. Chris, are you are you right to handle this? Um <laughs> the uh I do and again, I I was going to say before like anytime you t- anytime you use that usage of owners of like uh, of owning, you know, all oh, right. That yeah. more that more abstracted idea of 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 owning the consequences of your actions or owning um the responsibilities that come along with the power that you have in the world, you, then you're instantly throwing me into a, a that's that's a version of owning that I'm more sympathetic towards that I see more utility in mm-hmm. um the idea of taking uh, having resp- acknowledging that you have inbuilt responsibilities over something or um or just the idea of the buck stopping with you that's a good question can that exist without ownership uh, I feel instinctively like yes but maybe not I think I mean it's the idea of just responsibility or um uh actions you know consequences maybe does enough but yeah I think I think maybe that's a good key to the positive, as you say, because, um, mm. because, because, okay, you could say there's a collective responsibility that we all have for X outcome, for Y outcomes, but, own, but responsibility isn't distributed evenly. Yeah. Like, and no. there needs to be commensurate ownership for, yeah. um, certain things. Otherwise, individuals aren't going to be able to, um, even if you're the most hive-minded person in the world, you still need to have individuals be accountable for... We've ranked free will very low, which suggests that yeah. we're, like the idea of having it be like responsibility is something that just exists extant or inherent in the universe is not a thing. Yeah. For us, responsibility is a construct, like yeah. a, of a constructed idea, like anything an else. Opportuni- an, an, an opportunity. Con- yeah, an opportunity. Yeah. So a constructed role. So, and I do, I, my immediate sense is that, yes, like having, like creating creating roles of responsibility in and of itself is um, a closer to, is, is a use, is a useful tool in society. Um, so yeah, is ownership, is ownership a necessary kind of bolstering idea to get the best version of that? Or is it, is it one that confuses the whole thing? Is it, is it the thing that, that group, is it part of what makes narratives of responsibility and, um, credit or blame or uh, who or deservingness um, is is it part of the thing that's making all of that so toxic and, and mucky currently potentially both yeah potentially both it's an interesting idea that way hey like yeah this it feels it feels a lot like borders like my original hunch is that my current working sense is that it's going to end up in a similar part of the list of stuff where it's like we well, yeah we can't we can't bow it right down to the bottom but it's um it's the cost of it is super heavy. Like if you were going to, you would, you know, it could be worth a try. Like if you were going to try a version of the list that only had the top thousand ideas in it, then, you know, maybe this one you would be trying to, trying to do without it, mm. but, but it would still, but you could, but not in a sort of, not nah, definitely uh, way. It's a, the other, the other interesting question that you raised before is the idea of, you know, just the human's inherent drive or the appeal of it. Um, and whether that's speaking to something good or something junkable. I mean, we've talked about other ideas a lot in terms of their sexiness and appeal being a reason to downvote them even more. Yeah, yeah. I think about, um, it's a really low-stakes example, but I think about when um, streaming models of access to music and Mm -hmm. um, TV and movie content started to come in, even before that, really, just when you, even when, like, when just sort of MP3s came in where on paper you were still um, buying, you were still buying a unit of a thing. You were just buying it in digital form rather than a hard thing. And I remember being at dinner parties with people who were, you know, my age, um, at the time, which was, you know, early 2000s. So we were all in our early twenties and like, there would always be a couple of people who were just hardline. It's like, no, I want to, I want to own it. I feel, I just want to own it. Like, and and I mean, I want to own a physical object, which I think that was, that might, that's a different cleavage of, um, you know, the sense of what the difference is between, yeah, sure. The seeming ephemeral or the concrete, but the even 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 now there are people I know who like they don't feel as comfortable or as strong in their relationship of access to something unless they have a more conventional sense of no, I have bought and own this this unit of thing and I can point to it in the room and show you where it is. So funny how re- how real a factor that is in our relationship with things like mm. 
I'm I'm doing I'm I've got records for my album and yeah. and they'll be forty bucks, and the people who want those will be happy to buy them. And yeah. but at the same time, for forty bucks, you could listen to every song from all of human history for a few months, like yeah. including all the songs that are on that record. And you yeah. don't have to have the cumbersome chore of you know putting it on or whatever. It's funny, right? And 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 I'll full disclosure, like back, particularly like I was hardline the other way back then when when friends of mine would be like, I want to own it. I'd always just be like, why? You know, like why? Like what is. Is there a th- what is is there a thing under that other than just a sense of insecurity um, over whether you'll have access to it? Because I'm like, well, yeah. If the if the if if your concerns are about the specific access model, like oh, these ru- you know we're rubes if they if we think they're going to just let us always have it, and yeah. or I'm I'm paying for something, you know, the things people have about streaming channels where it's like oh they just take stuff off on and off it willy nilly. Sure, like depending on if if that's if you're having multiple experiences of of a negative outcome with that, then great. But if it's just that, no, nah, I want to I want to be an owner of the thing. I want to have I want to have it and have it be mine. I would always be. Um, I always took a dim view of that. Mm. Um, it's so interesting. I'm. I feel like I'm going into bat for this concept more than you, but I'm, I'm definitely shifted because, like, I don't like. I also like you. I you know I don't really care about stuff and like having things and one of my huge complaints in life is seeing people like things and confuse that with the need to own it to have it yeah, yeah that's that, all the time you see it all the time yeah um yeah you don't yeah it's like you don't you don't necessarily like check if you like it in a way that means that you want to have it in the corner of your room for for you know 40 years you know because yeah. maybe maybe you don't <laughs> like yeah maybe you can just look at it and enjoy yeah. it once and be like wasn't that great that's it that's um, as much utility as i'm going to get from that it's a great point and yeah and i mean obviously you know, uh, my biases are I'm someone who gets stressed out by a lot of detail or like literally a lot of stuff in a room. Mm-hmm. So like for me, the idea of like st- streaming models of content, for instance, like I was a huge, I've, you know, I'm a huge comic book guy, read them all my life. Like I was like the classic person in my youth who just had hundreds of comic books um, and was a bit like, yeah, got a li- that was the closest I got into that sort of collector mentality if I, I never got to be, I was in the outback, so I could never get into that real completist mentality because I was at the mercy of whatever would show up at the newsagent and they would often just be missing, you know, whole issues would just not rock up there. But, um, yeah. And I, I remember moving to Canberra and having like comic book shop there and I here and I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy all those back issues or I'll, and, you know, I started playing music and I'm like, maybe I'll become one of those gearheads where I have like guitars and pedals and whatever. And ultimately that just turned out to not be me. And these days, like I ended up getting rid of all those comics because nowadays you can, you have, I have a digital subscription to a couple of different comic sites where I can, for 60 bucks a year, I have access to like, uh, you know, 35,000 back issues of comics that I like. Yeah. Right. To me, that's like, yeah. And people are like, I see people who are like, yeah, but the tactile experience of reading a comic book in hard copy, I'm like, yeah, that's great. I can still have that if I want. I can pick one up. I can have a few on the shelf. Also, I experienced that thousands of times like you know <laughs> yeah you get it <laughs> i get it it was great it was great yeah i think um the question then like because this isn't us this element it's 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 for those for those people who um do cherish having things which is a, a lot of people yeah um and do and appreciate and, and value ca- the things that they have and and have a have, have a sense that of how lucky they are yeah and perhaps like care for them as that- a result like you know if you think of like somebody who's got their front garden and they plant all these natives and then they've got tomatoes around the back mm. and like i mean you can do that in an unknown space is it any, is it any different like the question is is there something inherent about the ownership that changes the relationship with them with the way that people use the things that they have in the spaces that they use in in ways that they wouldn't if they didn't own them and there 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 are exam- there are examples there are counter examples like um of failures where mm. things are collectively owned and nobody cares about them. Um, yeah. Or um, things are privately owned and people care about them a lot, but that uh, that they're not the full spectrum of evidence because they still exist within certain societies where, th- where there is still, you know, an authority that will own something that you may not respect or maybe yeah, yeah. you feel disenfranchised for different reasons because of the hierarchy that you're in or what it, whatever it is. Like it's, I, I guess, because I feel like if if yes, then that's a really big redeeming nugget that would put it in the top third for me. Yeah. But if no, I don't really care about it. I remember in the th- in my third year of uni back in um, the Cretaceous period, I um, was the 
president of the campus radio station. Oh, stop mentioning this, Nick. We get it. I was the president <laughs> of the campus radio station <laughs> at uni. And um, I remember like, and, you know, I, I took it over uh, at a period where there'd been, you know, like a little bit of uh, tension in the previous regime. And, you know, so I got to come in and do a bit of new broom stuff. And I remember some... Uh, some ideas that uh, people on the board had, like one of them was just like, oh, we need to zhuzh up the station, like give it a give it a repaint and uh, renovate it a little bit. And, um, you know, I remember obviously at our scale, at the scale we were at, that had to be done by the members. But I remember at the time being like, oh, yeah, great. If we get the members of the station and the DJs all to do it as a group project together, then everyone's sense of it as a place to take care of you know, people's buy-in to it mm -hmm. and their sense of, yeah, ownership. I think I used like super, like uh, wanky uni student terms like fealty, but, you know, in a way, I think that's the question. Like I was I was trying to hack something very specific, which is a sense of group ownership over the thing. I guess the question is whether there are other words that or ideas that uh, work what worked that are just as useful, that idea of it's like, oh, we're all invested in this um, and we've put effort into it and now we're going to, that gives us a, a thing that we want to be more consistent about in terms of care. Um, the other thing that occurs to me in terms of in the last couple of years. Um, and there's an ownership in that, I, I hate to say, mm -hmm. because you're, own, you're owning, like you're getting people to invest because they're putting in the work and so they own the product of that and like, yeah. I clean this floor, you know, this is a beautiful space. I don't know, like. I mean, really, I was just trying to weaponize the sunk cost fallacy. It's like, oh, I went on to all this effort to paint the station. I got to, you know. Uh, not um, firebomb it, I guess. But the, um, yeah, the other thing uh, that occurs to me, <laughs> so uh, I've, some of the work I've been doing with my psycho over the last two, three years um, has been around my, what we've identified as my own very personal, like conditioned sense of, um, of, of keeping a low, in, low set of having no entitlement mm -hmm. in life, like, you know, of, of feeling like, the way to have a better time in life is to not feel entitled to anything so that those that sense of entitlement can't be frustrated or thwarted. And we've identified that as like a really kind of central pillar of my personality. And so um, in the work we've done together, part of what we've done is sort of gently nudge on that idea of, um, you know, my creating space for me to sometimes say, uh, no, this is, I, you know, I'm not even, and again, I'm not, I will never be comfortable. I don't think with trying to create narratives of me deserving things or having earned things, but, um, how inconsistent with the pillar that you just described, <laughs> the, um, but I think one, one thing that we have been playing with is the idea of me just arbitrarily cause I want to, and feel like it's a safe, okay place to do saying like, just, um, asking for things or claiming things, you know, mm -hmm. like claiming things in a very ownershipy way. Um, and not just in terms, I mean, I've always had a anxious desire to do that in terms of taking responsibility or blame or for things, but, you know, trying to do it in like literally a more shallow way. Like, um, remember there was one. It's the last chocolate bar. It's mine. I, that, I want it. Exactly. No, I mean, people, uh, people always know I want the last chocolate bar mm. and it's just the social script of politeness that delivers that to me. Um, so a good example. Does anyone else want this? Does anyone? <laughs> exactly. Uh, a good example is in my, um, uh, competing in wrestling, you know, just the idea of like some of the blockages for me over the years have been around, like literally being able to get into enough of a headspace of no, I, I, this match is mine. And, uh, the victory of this match is mine. Um, rather than like literally projecting myself into the wants and desires of the other person a bit. That's so relatable. The, the, I wish I could watch a, a highlights reel or low lights reel of myself playing sport, mm. going into contests of any kind and, just being able to see the like the moment at which I'm like, oh, they want they want this, yeah, they, right, they can yeah. have it. They, you know, they want they want this more than I do. For me, there's moments about that. It's less uh, less on the competition day, a bit on the competition day, but a lot in the preparation. Like you know, right. me being in athletic spaces or training spaces, the idea of being able to act selfishly, you know, it's just like no, this I've got competition coming up, so this session I am going to behave really selfishly, even in a way that like cuts off possibilities for what other people can get out of this yeah, training right. session. I pathologically can't really do it, mm. you know, and so it's a thing that I've been working on. I, I just have to have hacks ar around that because mm -hmm. you know my sense of being like, no, I have to be what I have to be in a space is to some level. And again, 
obviously, I these are just the, these are just the scripts in my head. It doesn't necessarily result in me being a more uh, generous or useful person to other people in the space. But the script is that that's what my what I, that that that's right, and what I should be trying to do. So yeah, like um, any, there's been some moments where my psych has been happy to um, has been happy to hear about moments of of what she interprets as me just saying just just in life, just being like, no, this is mine. Um, and when she's and again, because I like to uh, get positive reinforcement for things, it's made me feel good to have her feel good about that. So that's kind of exploded a bit my sense of yeah right that's the hack yeah but it's it's also you know that's a that's a counter example of where the idea of like literally because that's pretty specifically ownership i think because at the or at the very least it's about like you know and maybe it's just selfishness maybe you just need maybe selfish you know selfishness i'm interested to rank at some point and i think to me that my hunch is that that'll be one that's you know ownership is an extension of a kind of selfishness so yeah self-interest and because and selfishness is something that can be expanded that doesn't just have to mean one person it can be selfishness on behalf of a population uh once again like ownership is just such a neat way of um meeting out any of the potential conflicts that you have around colliding selfishness for scarce resources that's, as well that's why people like it right yeah. because that's why we that's why we like it is because it's a it's a rule, you know, it's like a, yeah. it's a real clear rule where, you can, what, where you can go, well, this is the rule. That's why I brought up the situation with my stuff, you know, like somebody wanted it, took all my stuff. If that happened to everyone's stuff all the time, you couldn't, you wouldn't have the stability to do certain things. Yeah. True. But if you were then geared to make sure that everybody had access to the things that they needed all the time, that would be different as well. Yeah. And we obviously overproducing and, you know, um, most people have swathes of things that they absolutely don't need. Yeah, that, well, that potentially make them more miserable. I didn't, I didn't even know about most people versus like enough people. Enough people, but yeah, I mean, all the, almost all the people we know, including ourselves. Mm, whereas, yeah. yeah, but um, and there and and for those who don't, it's partly because of all of us. Um, so yeah, I thinking about it as a rule is interesting because yeah, I mean, rules we've got. I think just outside the top 10. Yeah, it's nothing like rules, though. No, it's just our rules. This is an example of rules, yeah. Yeah, just because rules is high doesn't mean that every rule is good. Yeah. Um, where do you think you're at? Do we, is it, as it, do we, is there more, is it more useful to do more pre-discussion? Or no, I don't think so. I think, looking at I think we'll list? get clarity looking at the list. I, I think, like, my immediate instinct is that it's like, okay. Mm. So if we... But, but you know, like... Um, if a if a um an alliance of other ideas can replace the good functions of it I, I think that I think that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. So is it um the place where so is it is it down around where borders is, which is a very basically there's uh Borders is around things like fandom aristocracy, redemption revolution, where we... I think it's better than all of those. Better than those. So is it more close... Right, like, about 10, 10 or 15 above that is just where... Is the place where things that are okay but have costs start. So um, cheating, like... So there's, you know, <laughs> cheating and then in descending order, podcasts, name-calling, uh, nudity, perfection, journalism... Fashion, treasure, inheritance, burnout, marriage, philosophy, philosophy, celebrity, genius, health, comfort, borders. What do you think? I think it's probably above most of those. I reckon. Um, we didn't. Ex I should say we didn't explicitly talk about what the problems of ownership are, but, and it's because probably between us we assume that we have a shared handle of them. But yeah, you want to be more explicit. So, well, that just may not be satisfying for our listeners who yeah, are hoping great. that we'd really trash ownership. The reason that this isn't up the top, despite having good um, mm -hmm. elements, is because once you have ownership, like you have um, exclusion and 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 uh, seemingly inequi inequity and um, yeah. And it's, it's not even necessarily the best distribution of the scarce resources you have. Um, and sorry, the, sorry. The, it so often leads to poor distribution of the scarce resources. There's, there's nothing inherent in it that allows for good distribution. Yeah, that's for, more the point, isn't it? Good yeah, that's, that's for optimal point. propagation of itself. Yeah. Um, but it's not at the bottom because it also doesn't guarantee that the better models of it couldn't be. Um, yeah. 
more sort of utilitarian or whatever. Definitely. If if that is a value you hold. Um, better or worse than inheritance, you think? Feels weirdly comparable to it for me. Better. I think it, it serves a bigger function. Cool. Well, if it's better than that, then um, I feel like, it. yeah, it's somewhere between... It's somewhere around this group of ideas. So above inheritance, we've got treasure, fashion, journalism, perfection, nudity, and name calling. I think perfection's worse. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Yeah. Way more maladaptive. Uh, and what's above that? So now we're down to nud- so nudity and name calling. And for those who are like nudity, why is that so? Why is that uh, thought of as cost? Would we rank very specifically the idea of nudity and having to have it? If you want to know more, listen to the episode on it. Yeah, you'll, you'll be glad you did. Um, nudity, name calling, podcasts, um, cheating. Nudity, name calling, podcast cheating. What's above cheating? Above cheating is cruises. That's above like, cruises is jobs. And then above that is anniversaries. Above that is the mail. Above that is pornography. Yeah, I think it's... Do you think it's below those? Fair question. Um, I think it's... it's... It's so difficult because I feel like, you know, depending on your relationship with this in life, if, if I'm listening to this, I'm screaming at the the podcast box now saying it's way higher or it's way lower. Yeah, totally, which I like. Yeah, it suggests we're on the right path. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we bun- if we jump up a bunch more, um, if the first one where, where I'm absolutely positive. Um, it's lower than? That's lower than would be playing it cool. Yeah, sure. What's below that? Hyperbole. Under that is taxes, weirdly comparable. I think it's above hyperbole and below playing it cool. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see it being above taxes because um, I think um, it kind of, <laughs> uh, I mean, with A, without the idea, Good luck of, having without the idea of ownership, ownership, taxes is completely yeah. irrelevant. Um, happy to have it above acting, um, puts it above academia, puts it above pets. I always like having things about, be above pets. You love mentioning that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chimpy got his hair cut today. He's looking so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I told you, he runs along with the bike now. No lead. So impressive. It's the dream. Where, I don't know if I could keep up with a bike that well. Where do we rank runs along with the bike, no lead? Um, I think, again, above pets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, underplaying it cool and above hyperbole is ownership. And for our reasonings, see the last, what do we got? Well, we're at about 52, 50, 50, three minutes. 50, yeah. 52 minutes. Very good. Uh, it's, I know you've been missing these longer ones. Uh, if you have a sense of a similarly long, long episode inspiring idea or one that could, um, hit us up because we'll do it. We might, this was a good one because we just took the idea as it was stated. We would definitely always reserve the right to just take your idea and reword it or slightly rejig it to be exactly what we think should be best talked about. Yeah. To police me from that early on. Mm-hmm. 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 And, um, yeah. So if that sounds exciting for you to be part of as a system, um, uh, send your thoughts to Rank Ideas. That's this podcast. Thanks so much, Levana, for sending that in. Thank you.